Welcome to the Business Presenting Podcast, where we talk through the art and the science of business presenting with Tim Calkins. Tim's a professor at Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management and author of the business presenting book, How to Wash a Chicken. I'm Abe Lebetkin, and on this podcast, we're unpacking key themes from that book. And Tim, one of the elements that you spend a lot of time in the book talking about is the importance of pre-selling a presentation. Well, if there's one thing you can do to help your presentation go well, it's to pre-sell it. And this is something I find that people, if they haven't been in the business world for a while, or if they haven't done a lot of presentations, they don't always think of this. But pre-selling is a fundamental technique to make sure your presentations go well. And when you're pre-selling, well, we, what I mean by that is before you go to a big meeting, you schedule individual conversations with the people who will be there. And so you take them through the recommendation, you take them through the presentation well in advance. So by the time you get to the actual presentation, they've already seen it. And that's sort of the, that's the gist of, of, of pre-selling. And it does wonderful things for a presentation. So there's three big advantages to pre-selling. So number one, when you pre-sell a recommendation, it gets better because what happens is you get input, you get ideas, you find problems, you find the mistakes. And every time you take somebody through a recommendation, it's going to get stronger and it's going to get better. Uh, The second thing that happens is that uh, you get people on your side. So when you take people through it, what you do is you incorporate their ideas. And as you incorporate their ideas, what's happening is you're building support. You're making sure people are aware of it. You're familiarizing everybody with it, and you're gaining support as you go along. So by the time you get in the meeting, you'll already have people in the meeting supporting your recommendation. The third thing that happens when you're pre-selling is that you, you, you get more confident. You know, it's very scary to get up and do a big presentation, an important recommendation in front of a group, especially when you don't know how they're going to be reacting. It's completely different if you're doing a presentation when you know the audience is going to support it because you've already taken everybody through it. It's a totally different experience. So when you get up there, you're going to feel more confident than you would otherwise because you've already gotten people on board. Now, how you execute on that pre-selling vision requires a bit of nuance. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a whole series of things to remember when you are pre-selling. It's it's not as easy as it seems, I guess, like many things in life. So the, the first thing you really want to remember when you're, you're pre-selling a, a recommendation is that you want to meet with people well in advance. So if you're doing a presentation in a week, that's a pretty good time because now when the presentation's still a week away, you've got time to react to the questions. You've got time to deal with the input. So what happens when you pre-sell a recommendation, if it goes well and if people are being candid and honest, they're going to give you lots of suggestions, lots of ideas. They might tell you their objections or their concerns. All of this takes time to respond to. On occasion, you'll have a meeting, you'll pre-sell something, and then you'll have to go back and meet again because they would have brought up some issues. And you're like, boy, those are good issues. I've got to think about those. And then you've got to go back and schedule another update and do another meeting. So the first thing to remember is you got to get to people well in advance. If you're meeting someone right the morning before a big presentation, that's a disaster because you don't have any time to react to it. The other thing to remember is that when you're pre-selling, you want to get people's input. 
And if you want people's input, you want to bring something that looks like it is ready for their input. You want to look like you're open to their input. And, and one way you do that is if, if you're showing someone a document, you make sure it is clearly labeled draft. So you might write on the front draft or rough draft or initial scribbles or first thoughts. And, and even when you position the meeting, you say, you know, this is just a work in progress. It's just where we are right now. We've got a lot of work to do, but I want to make sure I get your input on it. And when you do that, you're being very open and you're saying, I want your input. I want your ideas. It's not a finished document. Now, if you show up with something that looks like it's finished, it's a very different kind of meeting because there it looks like you don't really want their input because you're already done. I mean, it's done. So you clearly are not looking for their input. You are just trying to sell the recommendation. So you really want to go in there with a with a draft. Even if the whole thing's done and you're basically complete, you still will write on it draft, rough draft, something to indicate that. And then you want to be sure to ask for questions, input. When you're having one of these meetings, it's really good to say, you know, I just want to make sure, are we missing anything? Does anything in here look funny? Uh, do you have any questions that I can answer? And I really want to get your reaction. And you're just trying to get all that input because that input is going to make your recommendation much, much better. One of the things that can happen when you do go and get a bunch of input is at times the input that you get from one person might contradict the input that you get from another person or might contradict the main point that you're trying to make or might contradict your opinion on it. How do you reconcile those differences? Well, it's really good to get that input ahead of time. You know, one of the toughest things in a presentation is when you're doing your big recommendation and somebody, maybe the head of sales or the head of R&D, you know, they put up their hand and they're like, well, you know, I'm sorry, this is just not going to work. And let me tell you why. And, and that's always a terrible moment. Now, when you're pre-selling, what you're going to find is you're going to get input. And, and sometimes it will be contradictory and sometimes it will go against your recommendation. The thing to remember is that you're much better off getting that input ahead of time. Because if you get the input ahead of time, it gives you the option to do different things. So for example, you might look at the, the input and say, well, boy, that's a very valid concern. I mean, they may well be onto something there. And then I've got to go think through that and figure out how do I deal with it or figure out maybe why it's not as big a concern as, as this person is, is, is speculating. Uh, or if you know that two people are going to disagree well, then you've got the opportunity to figure out how are you going to deal with that uh, disagreement. And you might want to go ahead and try to understand what's behind it, what's behind the concerns. You know, generally speaking, when people have concerns or when they're against a recommendation, there's a reason why they're, they're feeling that way. And if you probe and try to understand, you can try to figure out what is it that's causing that. Maybe there's an assumption or maybe there's a piece of analysis that people are looking at differently, or there's a way of thinking about capabilities differently, but it gives you the chance to dig into it. So I think it actually is very good when you find out ahead of time that you know people have different opinions. You try to address them. Sometimes you'll know, though, that there's going to be a fight, and, and you walk into the presentation, and you're like, you know what? People in here do not agree at all, and I know that. And I'm going to set up my presentation to, you know, because I know what's going to happen. And so I'm just going to set up my presentation to incorporate that and to try to really figure out how do we get to some consensus. What are some ways that you advise people to incorporate 
that, Ian, what are some techniques that people can think about to address the fact that as they're presenting a particular concept, there might be people in the room who see it differently? Well, if you know how your audience is feeling, you can change how you write the whole presentation. In a way, this goes right back to what we were talking about a, a few sessions ago in the podcast with this whole idea that a great presentation comes from really knowing your audience. So for example, if you're going to give a presentation and you know that everybody in the room agrees with you because you've pre-sold it, you've gotten in the input and everybody's pretty much on board, well, then you can get in there and you can get right to the recommendation and you can move fairly quickly and you can get then on into the interesting questions of how do we execute this and how do we get this recommendation moving forward? And that's a way you set up the whole presentation. Now, if you know, though, that there's going to be a fight or you know that somebody in the room is really opposed to your recommendation, well, then you're going to go back and build a different presentation. You know, one thing you might do, for example, is you might say there's two ways to look at this issue. There's A and there's B. And there's reasons to believe in both of those points of view. And there's there's merit to both of them. So let's take a look at A and let's take a look at B and let's try to think about which is the better way to go forward. When you do that, what you're doing is you're recognizing the other point of view. You're saying it's a relevant point of view. It's a credible point of view. But then you're also going to explain why it isn't decisive, why that doesn't carry the recommendation. Either way, though, you still want to know where you stand as much as you can before that presentation begins. So when you think about pre-selling content ahead of a meeting, how do you advise people determine whether it's every participant in the meeting who needs to be pre-sold, whether it can be done in small groups, small pairings perhaps, uh, whether there are people in the room who maybe don't need to be pre-sold on the content. Well, sometimes you have such a big meeting, you cannot pre-sell it. If you're doing a, a, a talk with 100 people or something, there's no way you're going to meet with 100 people ahead of time. That would be silly and it would take forever and, and you would never, never get there. Generally, what you want to do is you want to go back to think about who are the important people in the room. And if you can figure out who are the important, the influential people, then you could target your efforts uh, on them. So, for example, at one point uh, back when I worked at Kraft Foods, we were doing a huge restage of the barbecue sauce business. And I was proposing with my team that we totally revamp how we market the barbecue sauce business. We are going to rebuild quality. We are going to do less discounting. We are going to raise the promoted prices. It was going to be a rather big change for the whole business, new advertising, new promotional programs. But getting people on board to the plan was really challenging. In that case, when I assessed it, I knew perhaps the most important person was the head of sales. Because if the head of sales said the program wasn't going to work, well, then there was no way it was going to move forward. So I knew that was going to be a key person to, to pre-sell. And I spent a lot of time meeting with the head of sales before the meeting. I met with him once, and then I came back with a different plan to try to address some of his issues. And then we revised it again. And eventually, we got him on board through a whole series of different things. By the time the big meeting unfolded, he was on board and everything went fine. Now, in that meeting, the head of R&D was just not a particularly important figure. 
they're, they're an important figure for many, many reasons, but they didn't have a lot of involvement in this particular decision. So I didn't waste a lot of time pre-selling that person just because their opinion wasn't going to be decisive for this particular recommendation. So what you want to do is you want to really think about who in that meeting is going to be influential, whose opinion is going to carry weight. And I've got to make sure one way or the other that I get those people on board. I want to go to a question that we've gotten from a listener. And this person wants to know when there is a situation where you're not able to get time on a key executive's calendar to pre-sell ahead of a meeting, uh, what you should do? Well, the reality is that you're not going to be able to pre-sell everybody. You know, I did a, a presentation recently down at McDonald's, and I was talking with uh, Sylvia Lagnato, who's the uh, CMO down there. And Sylvia was saying, yeah, I love the idea of pre-selling, but quite honestly, I just don't have time for people to show up and pre-sell me all their recommendations. This is never going to work with my schedule. And you know, I think that's a very important point. So the, generally speaking, the most senior person in the meeting, so you know, if you're presenting to Sylvia and her team in that case, it's going to be really hard to get with her ahead of time. Or if you're presenting to the CEO, it's not going to be easy to get time with the CEO to take uh, take them through a recommendation or take her through a recommendation. They'll just say, I'll just do it in the meeting. That's why we're having the meeting. But the thing to remember is though, the one layer down, one level down, those people will be generally very easy to get to. And not only will they be willing to give you their time, they'll be eager to find out about the recommendation in advance. So what happens politically in these meetings is very often in a big presentation, the senior person will come in, they'll listen to the recommendation, and then they're going to turn to their reports. They're going to they're turn to the head of finance, they're going to turn to the head of HR, and they're going to say, what do you think? Does this make sense to you? Are you on board? So those people really want to know what's in this recommendation. They want to know ahead of time. Do they support it? Are they in favor of it? So when they get that question, they look really smart. They can be like, absolutely. I think this is a great plan. We've been through it several times. I really like the way this element of it's working. And we've been able to design a particular program here to address one of my concerns. This looks great. So those people are going to be eager to meet with you. You know, the other thing to remember about pre-selling is... In a way, pre-selling is a very savvy political move in an organization. Because when you go and reach out to someone and say, I want to meet with you, I want to take you through this recommendation, I want to get your input, what you're really saying there is that you think they're important and smart and their opinion matters and they're significant in the organization. And those are all very good things because it's almost being very respectful. You're saying you are so important in this organization that I really need your involvement on this presentation. But the nice thing is that's just going to do great things for your relationship, and it's going to make them much more likely to support you going forward. You know, there's so many advantages to pre-selling when you really get into this that you really want to follow through and take advantage of the opportunity. There might be people listening who say, well... I pre-sell by way of email. I send the deck out ahead of time and let people take a look and they can reply if they have any feedback or commentary. What would be your guidance or reaction to that? I would caution you on doing that 
for for a few reasons. You know, one reason is you you hate to have rough versions of the presentation flying around. And the problem with a very early version of a presentation, especially when it's attached to an email or it's on something that is very easy for people to forward and share, is that they can send it on and you can lose control of the dialogue to some degree. So let's say you send me a document and it's, you say, this is just very rough, Tim. I'm just working on it. and But I look at it and I say, my gosh, that is just a terrible recommendation. Then what happens is, you know, then I send it on to, to one of my friends and I say, my gosh, can you believe what Abe is putting together here? This, you know, this guy really is, really is a nut, isn't he? And, and then all of a sudden that presentation flows to one person. Then the next person takes it and sends it on to the next person and says, can you look at this half-baked piece of work? And, and all of a sudden you've lost control of this narrative, this discussion. So when you meet with somebody in person, though, or when you do a FaceTime or something like that, an in-person where you can see them, it's a very different sort of connection. Ideally, pre-selling, you like to do it in person because that personal connection is really significant, and I think it helps a lot. You can also watch them, and you can notice when they're frowning or when they look confused or when it looks like they have a question, and it's a very, you know, it's a very rich experience. A lot tougher to do that on a conference call, much tougher to do that when you get into something like Slack or on email. It is really tough to communicate subtleties in those platforms. You know, those are great platforms for lots of things, but they don't capture subtleties that well. And when you're pre-selling, that's really what you that's really what you're after. So are there any other tips that you have that you give people on pre-selling? Well, there's the most important one, actually, which is to be very careful that you respond to people's input and you respond to their comments. So what'll happen when you pre-sell is you'll get a variety of comments. Sometimes you'll get big, significant things, big issues, and you'll naturally respond to those. And then other times you'll get these little points that people will, will point out. For example, they'll look at something and they'll say, oh, you need to capitalize this letter. Or they'll look at something and they will say, uh, uh, you know, the font is different on the x-axis and the y-axis of this uh, chart. And, and some of those things you'll be very tempted to say, you know, my gosh, that is such a little point. That is such a stupid comment. And you'll be tempted not to put it in. The problem is that you really have to keep track of those little suggestions. Because when you get into the big meeting, if you've kept track of those little suggestions, people will look at it and they'll see it. And they'll be, oh, yeah, they fixed that. They aligned the fonts. They took care of it. And that says wonderful signals. It sends a signal that you have attention to detail, that you care about uh, follow through, that you value their opinion. It does all very, very good things. If you don't follow through, they're also going to notice it, but that's going to say something very, very different in terms of the output. In our next episode, we are going to pick it up from there and we're going to talk about presenting with confidence and the things that a presenter can do in advance to make sure that happens. In the meantime, if people have questions or maybe want to send us a question that we can answer here on the podcast, Tim, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, they can either reach out through email. My email address is t-caucins at northwestern.edu or Twitter at Timothy Calkins, or you can visit the website at www.howtowashachicken.com.